You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Prenke are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells Clone Wars Special Edition for the episode Cloak of Darkness. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Clone Wars fans, glad to be back this week talking some Clone Wars Cloak of Darkness. Um, And you know what, Mike? Hey, anything going on on the internet lately? I don't know. No, you know, it's totally quiet. (laughs) Uh, yeah, right? It's not a big it's deal. All peaceful. Nothing's happening. Everybody's yeah. fine. We're all fine. Everybody's here now. getting along. Yeah. Uh, no, I yeah, chaos, chaos these last couple of days. Um, I you know we kind of made a bit of a vow a few weeks back that we weren't going to get into you know like the the rants and that sort of thing uh, about the community. Um, trying to stay positive, trying to be a, a, a bit of a happier place to talk about Star Wars. But I feel like it would be a bit of a disservice to not talk about the last couple of days. Um, so we're just going to very briefly, uh, uh, you know, talk about what, what has gone down and uh, and just, I don't know, kind of address the 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 elephant in the room so to speak, I, I, in the Star Wars fandom um, and a little bit of like best practice stuff. So uh, with that, like uh, if, for those who don't know, for those who, who maybe don't stay up to date with this stuff, um, there's been a, a few people lately who have left social media essentially as a result of just, uh, I mean, like there haven't been any uh, public statements about it but um i think that we all kind of know where the problem's stemming from um the most notable being kelly marie tran uh leaving instagram not necessarily leaving she didn't delete her account but she did remove all uh, there's a thing in instagram where you can make your posts private and i think that that's what she's done i think that she's just made all of her previous posts private um what they really need to do on instagram and twitter is they need to give the ability to shut off comments and replies. Comments, yeah. 
YouTube has the ability to do this for a reason. Yep. Um, I think Facebook should have this ability as well for, for pages. Um, I just think that you should be able to turn those threads off if you so choose. Um, because I think that that I think that Kelly Marie Tran, I think that uh, Daisy Ridley, who left uh, Instagram and Twitter a while ago, um, and I think that Pablo Hidalgo, who recently made his um, his Twitter account protected, um, I I mean, like I think that these are people who want to keep a connection with the fans i think that they really like and i think that you know like uh, a lot of the other star wars actors john boyega mark hamill um i think they want that connection but i just think that they the the community i don't even want to say the community but i also don't not want to say the community is just treating people like garbage and and I don't know, man. I don't know what we can do to sort this problem out as as rational, good-hearted, um, and and you know, like just <laughs> light side fans. Because I think that that's kind of where it is. It's like we've got we've got light siders and we've got dark siders, and there's some people who are acting very much out of their own selfish personal interest. Um, and just saying stuff, man, I don't know it. It's so connected to everything else that's happening in the world right now. Um, particularly in America, but it's happening here in Canada as well. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that it's kind of happening in a lot of places, especially in the Western world. And I, I know that the UK is also dealing with some stuff in France and there's a lot of this sort of polarization and um, I, I became aware of a term for uh, I, that alt-right uh, sort of men's rights type uh, fedora-wearing neckbeards, let's call them, uh, that they use for Star Wars these days. They refer to it as Soy Wars. Soy Wars, yeah. Uh, soy Low. Yeah, Soy Low. Uh, and it comes out of the term Soy Boy, which comes out of a belief that... Um, I eating too much soy because soy has estrogen in it uh, that it makes you uh, emotional and feminine. Um, And I I think I think I a that's that's ridiculous. B. So what I and see those are not bad traits to have. so the 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 current climate of Star Wars with all of these horrible female characters and uh, and and you know uh, wussy versions of Han Solo and whatever else you know and like Cryboy Crybaby Luke Skywalker and stuff like that these are all a result of of women ruining star wars and uh, uh soy boys ruining star wars so it's soy wars now and so soylo is the is the the title of soylo a soy wars story um i've just like you know this is the sort of thing that like i didn't even know that this was going on apparently this has been going on for a little while but these are the people like these are the people that are invading our fandom and and i think that that the really disturbing thing a lot like 
uh, you know, the alt-right Nazi stuff that's going on in America right now. It's going on in Canada too. I, I think like a lot of that stuff, the, the upsetting part is that this isn't, it's not new. It's been happening. They've just been quiet for a really long time. And whether it's, I, uh, you know, um, that they feel like they're being attacked at the moment. And so they're responding to that or, uh, or that, you know, they're being emboldened by, uh, by, you know, sort of the, I don't even like, man, they're not even right wing or Republicans, but just like the, the insanity that's going on in the white house, um, as well as, uh, some of the insanity going on in, in, in the UK and the EU at the moment. Um, just with leaders that are really, uh, almost like, like, uh, calling out to or emboldening these far, far right extremists. Cause I don't even want to call them right wing. Cause that's not fair to people right. who might be right wing, you know? Uh, yeah. This is real way out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like this isn't even like, like they don't, they don't register on the spectrum because they're, um, genocidal xenophobic nut jobs that don't really care about, you know, uh, humanity. And so these people are kind of coming out of the woodwork. They've always been there, but now all of a sudden they feel like they have this voice with which to um, persecute, harass, and, you know, just generally treat people like garbage. And uh, I, I, it's it's having an effect on our fandom and it's like pablo closing his twitter account is one of the worst possible things for the star wars community because pablo hidalgo is a beautiful human being a wonderful wonderful guy who loves the fans and wants to like help us. I mean, like it really, like I would go to Pablo's Twitter and I would just go to Pablo's Twitter and just literally like, there are not a lot of people that I go to their Twitter and I'll just like read through their timeline. Very few Dan Harmon, maybe Pablo Hidalgo, uh, John Boyega. I like to read through his timeline and see what he's up to. There are very few people on Twitter that I'll do that for. And Pablo is my number one or was because he listening to him talk about, these different aspects of Star Wars, like him and Leland Chi, like nobody knows Star Wars better than these guys. And Pablo was ans- answering questions from the fans. So somebody would be like, hey, so I saw Solo. I'm going to give a little bit of spoiler for Solo, but if you haven't seen it by now, it's your own fault. Um, but I'm sure that everybody who cares has. I. Uh, in Solo, in Dryden's office, there's all these artifacts around, and there's that triangle pyramid thing, and it's surrounded by these other artifacts. That's obviously a Sith holocron. As a matter of fact, in um, in in on the Star Wars show this week, uh, Pablo confirmed that uh, that that is in fact a Sith holocron. So, like, my question now is, like, are those lightsabers surrounding it? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like is, are those ancient Sith lightsabers? Uh, I think that they are. That's a, it's a pretty good chance that they are. Um, and obviously that's a connection to the, uh, the cameo at the end of the movie. Um, so like, like Pablo would answer questions like that and he wouldn't necessarily say yes or no, but he would say, well, that's a 
pretty good theory. Like, run with that sort of thing. Or there are places where he would confirm, or you'd be like, so this planet is mentioned you know it's described in this one episode of star wars rebels is that planet actually x planet from this book and he'd be like yeah totally that is right you know and the losing that voice losing that connection to the story group is Mm -hmm. a major major blow to the community because like pablo is a guy who uh he's like our conduit and he was one of us Right. So the the harassment and just the 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 vitriol and just disgusting language that's been used talking about him, talking about Kelly Marie Tran, uh, Kathleen Kennedy. Um, Like, look, you don't have to like the new movies. I don't care. It's You know, like, that's not what we're talking about. You can dislike The Last Jedi. You can dislike parts of it. You can dislike it in its entirety. That doesn't make you a bad Star Wars fan. But if you go on the internet and you personally attack the people who make that piece of art, then, like, I don't want you here. And that's yeah. that's really the only thing that I like I have to say about this whole thing is that if you're listening to this podcast and you've done that stuff, you have you have two choices. Uh, I'm not going to deal in absolutes. So, you know, like maybe there's some gray areas in here as well, but you really do have two choices. You either have to change your behavior or you got you have to leave like you're not you're not a part of the thunderquack community you're not a part of the rebel cells community i just don't want you here because what i want are the people that i talk to in our community uh people like like matt campbell and and marty and i i manny bothins and i i oh man i'm forgetting so many people right now um i i Kelly Ross, Kelly Ross, Kim, Kim Ross, Kim Ross, Kimberly, Kimberly Ross, Kimberly Ross. Uh, I, I'm because the, there's a word Kelly Marie on my, on my screen <laughs> right now. Um, yeah. Like you guys are awesome. You guys are the best. You guys are the reason why we do this every week. Um, you know, we don't get huge numbers like we used to back in the day, but that doesn't matter because the quality of the community that we've built is exactly the same today as it was 10 years ago the only difference is that it's not quite as big as it used to be because now like half of those really hardcore fans that we had they're like involved in the podcast so (laughs) it's the only (laughs) difference but the community is still the same and you guys are awesome and that's why we do this i want people like that in our community i don't want anybody who uh who is out to hurt other people that's not what we're about here and that's not I'm just I'm not going to tolerate it in in on Twitter or Facebook or anything. And so um, you might see me. I'm like, I'm not saying that I'm not going to tolerate it as I'm going to like mute people or block people or whatever. But I'm going to be very vocal on Twitter and Facebook. And if you are saying stupid stuff, I'm going to tell you just how stupid you're being. So um, I'm going to keep it off of the podcast because we don't need to get into it. I think I've said everything I need to say on the podcast in the past. But just like, I don't know, if you uh, appreciate what Matt and I and and Tim and Kyle and Paul and anybody else at Thunderquack, if you appreciate what we do on a weekly basis, really for you guys, for the community, um, 
and you've been a part of this problem in the last six months to a year, really, really the last three or four years. Um, I guess since the force awakens came out or since the main characters were announced, uh, if, if you've been a part of that problem, I really want you to think about your behavior. Think about how you've been conducting yourself and whether or not you would want to be treated the way that you've been treating people who are really like their job is to make you happy, to try and make you happy. And that's what they're doing. Like they are doing their best to make you happy. And Solo could not be better evidence of that fact because that movie, I mean, all I have to do is say Terrace Kazi. <laughs> that they made that movie. John and Lawrence Kasdan wrote that movie and uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller started on that path and Ron Howard carried it through to the finish line with Alden Ehrenreich and Donald Glover and uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge and and uh, Woody Harrelson and everybody and Paul, uh, uh, Paul Bettany and everybody else uh, uh, Emily Clark, Amelia Clark uh, everybody who was involved with that film Oh, man, I can't believe I left Juno Sotomayor off because we made a big point about that. <laughs> Chewy, Chewy, yeah. I. Those people worked really hard to make a movie that was a straight up love letter to the fans, and they're being treated like they are, tr- like they were trying to hurt people with the choices that they made, and I don't think that they did. I mean, like, I, I it's not even. I don't think they did. I know they didn't. They objectively made a great Star Wars film. It's a great movie. It's like it just, I it's it's really upsetting. Like I don't know if you if it's coming across, but like this whole thing, and and the Last Jedi in the same vein. Ryan Johnson was trying to make an awesome Star Wars movie, and I truly believe in that one that he did. I understand why some people have problems with the direction that he went, but. Like those are subjective choices, you know, like those, those, those problems that you have, you're allowed to have those problems, but the movie is the movie and, you know, they're not going to remove it from the canon and remake episode eight and whatever, whatever other kind of harebrained stuff people want to say. I, it is what it is. And, you know, like you can, you can roll with it you can appreciate the stuff that you appreciate in star wars you can just be a fan of the original trilogy uh if that's what you want to do you can be upset about it that's cool but like if you're gonna be hurtful i don't know man i just want everybody who's who's contributed to that part of what's happened in the last year to really think about their behavior think about what they've done and how they've hurt people because they really because like they have like I it's I know it's easy to look at at movie stars and directors and producers as you know like these like and and social media does this to a certain degree like like they're characters but they're not like they're real people they get up in the morning they shower they eat breakfast they think about what they're going to do for the day and and i truly truly believe that everybody involved with star wars gets up in the morning so thankful and so grateful that they get an opportunity to create 
awesome stories in an awesome universe for the some of the best fans in the galaxy as as we always say right um mm. and i think about star wars celebration and i think about uh about our community and and i think about you know like the people that we connect with and i think like that couldn't be more true than it ever has been but there's this other element right now that thinks that like they deserve something the entitlement and the just the 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 ridiculousness of it. I, just, I don't know i'm just i'm just so tired of it and i just want everybody to um stay positive and just like it's like, greg miller from kind of funny says this a lot he says be better you know like and that's really that's what it comes down to and i think and and that i'm don't i'm kind of high roading right now but i think that matt and i we can also learn from a lot of this stuff and we can be better. Cause I think that, you know, like I've been kind of obnoxious in the past. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. I've uh, yeah you know, we've said stuff when we've used words that we shouldn't use and, and all of that sort of thing. Um, and it's not any sort of like political correctness or, um, <laughs> soy boy, whatever you want to call it. What it is, is just like, we're all here together I uh, we have the most amazing technology to bring us together as a community and we're not using it right. We're just not. We're using it for the wrong stuff and I just want everybody to think about that and think about the next time you're online and you know like be critical. I always support that. Be critical. Um examine the art that you love and talk to the people who make it there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with being critical of it with the people who made it but don't get personal don't attack you know like just treat people the way that you would want to be treated and just be better you know yeah. like and and i'm gonna take that to heart and matt's gonna take that to heart i know and we're gonna go out and we're gonna do our best to be better uh on the podcast and on social media and stuff like that but I also want to be a good ally and, and I, uh, you know, like that term is used a lot of the time in, in reference to minorities and stuff like that. Um, and, and some of these issues that are going on right now, sort of in the wider world, but I want to sort of co-op that term as a star Wars fan who loves what's happening in the, in, in, in the star Wars franchise right now. I want us to be allies to the creators of that content and when you see somebody behaving, somebody, maybe a friend or, um, you know, somebody that, you know, online behave, like, don't just like call them out online necessarily. Cause that's not, that's not a great way to do it, but maybe have a private conversation and say like, Hey man, I saw your comment on that thread and I just, you know, I understand where you're coming from and let's talk about that. Like, let's talk about why you feel the way that you feel, but maybe the way that you're going about it isn't the best way. Cause maybe you're hurting some people's feelings. Maybe you are, you know, maybe, maybe you're, you're just not going about it the right way. Like let's have a dialogue, let's have a discussion, but let's do it in a constructive way. Um, and let's not hurt the thing that we love. That's the craziest part is that like, I love star Wars. You love star Wars. Everybody listening to this loves star Wars. And yet so many of these people who love star Wars 
are creating this really gross, toxic environment and it's hurting a lot of people and that sucks. So let's mm-hmm. stop doing that. Let's be better. And, uh, you know, that's, that's all I have to say about it. Matt, do you have anything to say? No, I mean, I'll, I'll keep it super short. I'll just say, um, cause you kind of covered it and here, you know, what's funny is like ever since, you know, the internet was invented and you had chat rooms and mm-hmm. forums and, and most recently <clears throat> with social media, people love to hide behind the keyboard. And that's exactly what a lot of these people do. Um, there's just some bad people, you know, there's bad people in the world. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know why. Well, let me, I think I have an idea why they do some of the things they do. I don't know if it makes them feel better to attack somebody. And you're talking about KMT, uh, Kelly Marie Tran. I know her yeah. real well, so I can call her team <laughs> KMT. No, but, um, you know, attacking her for, for a character that she didn't write the character. Mm-hmm. She just, she just acted the way Ryan Johnson wanted her and attacking her. It's like, it makes no freaking sense. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And to do something to that, to make somebody actually go off the internet, it's like, come on, man, this is ridiculous. And, and like you said, we can all criticize. Everybody has their own likes and dislikes. And if you don't like something, that's fine. That's your opinion. And you can constructively criticize something or have issues like I've had issues with things and but I would never go after somebody the creator like oh you're just a you know whatever this and that and call it whatever they call it I don't follow her and I don't follow a lot of people a lot of actors so I don't know what was actually said but to attack somebody it, it's just the most boneheaded dumbest thing I've ever seen um, she is the most and I actually said this on Twitter like I didn't necessarily love the character of Rose but I'll tell you what, Kelly Marie Tran is, I said this on Twitter, she's like, this is super fun, positive, energetic. Just how could you not like this girl? I mean, she's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and a good actress, too. Like, all these people that have acted in these movies, no matter what you think, they've all been some great actors and great writing and all this. So attacking just the the person. And Ryan Johnson's beginning to love this, too. And um, he's actually stayed on Twitter. And he likes to go back and forth, which is kind of fun to watch him battle it out with some. And he, and he even said this, Mike, he said, and this is kind of how I feel too. It's like, you have to know the difference between not liking a movie and hatefully harassing. This he's talking about Kelly McTran, hatefully harassing a woman so bad that she has to get off social media. So it's like, he knows like, yeah, you can, you know, criticize all you want. Uh, just don't get like just spiteful and hateful and mean and, and degrading, you know, just say, Oh, if you didn't like a certain thing, oh, I just didn't like the way they did that. And Ryan's pretty good about like he can take it, you know. He's like, oh, if you didn't like it, I'm sorry or whatever. But if you attack somebody like he loves Kelly Mutran, don't do that. And I would I would say the same thing. Don't do that. That's stupid, you know. And, and the only problem I have too, not a problem, but I just wish they wouldn't. It's like either like for actors, like I don't even know if like if I was a big actor like that in Star Wars, I don't even know if I would have social media because. It's either you you go on it and you just, you know, filter out all that crap and you just don't pay attention to it because sometimes I think deleting almost makes those people win. Like, oh, yeah, we got yeah. another one to quit Twitter. You know what I mean? That's the only thing like I wish she would. She wouldn't. Although she didn't go off Instagram. She kind of deleted stuff. So um, it's tough, man. I, I imagine it's tough when you want to just go and see what people are talking about the movie and you had to read all this hateful crap on there. It's like, come on, people. 
Uh, and yeah. that's the only thing, you know, I just wish, uh, to me, it seems like they were winning a little bit, but, um, and I'll just leave it at that. You know, it's just like, come on people. Yeah. Like you said, be better. It's, it's just, there's no reason to attack somebody personally for, we're talking about movies here, people. Come on. Yeah. Get, get your head out of your ass. You well, that's know, the other part of it. Yeah. It's that like, these are, they're just like, <laughs> and star Wars is really important. Right. But it, they are just movies. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's just a TV so. show. It's just a movie. It's just a comic book. Like, relax. Right? <laughs> and but. I have no idea where this, like, I, I know it's been this last week or so that's been hitting hard, but I don't yeah. know, like, did this start because of Solo? I have no idea. When we're talking about Solo Box Office here. It's, like you said, Mike, early before we started, it's been on the rise here. But yeah. I don't know where all this stuff started started spewing out so fast and so quickly here in the last week because, like I said last week, Solo has been getting pretty positive uh, reviews from everybody. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. know. I I don't I don't know why it's kind of come to a bit of a head. I think, um, I think that Solo coming out has just brought some of these people back to the forefront, right? Um, yeah. Anytime time a movie hits, they want to bash on things. it's just yeah. now it's in their mind they're like oh yeah. i'm not gonna see solo because of that stupid movie blah 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 right like cause, like they're still mad about the last jedi so Somehow they're gonna complain. that's it yeah, yeah. that's it okay. like so it's Start just they're just like oh i'm not gonna see that or oh i hope that solo tanks because ryan johnson's an idiot and he ruined star wars for me forever right so like i think like like it's a lot of that sort of thing and then i think that because there's a lot of people like us going online and saying like, actually solo's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. and all of you people that have been complaining about stuff, you need to stop complaining and come back because this movie is so good. And like, I'm not coming back. I'm never coming back because Luke Skywalker, <laughs> green lightsaber. I think he's supposed to do the thing. And it's like, yeah, no. It, yeah. Luke Skywalker can't die because if Luke Skywalker dies, it means that the last 40 years of my life are meaningless. <laughs> I think that that's like, you know, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're still mad. They're still so mad that Luke Skywalker, that the new trilogy is not about Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. They're so yeah. mad about it that they just can't let go. And it's just, yeah. The uh, best thing to do is the best thing to do is just like, you just don't respond. You just kind of keep scrolling. And yeah. I, it's so tempting. And I've learned this the last, you know, I don't know, six months or so that I don't, I try not to engage anymore with stuff that maybe I disagree with. I kind of just keep yeah. rolling because it, it really doesn't do much. Um, like I said, you just got to keep scrolling. And as much as you want to hit that reply button and, and, and call somebody out, it's just, you just got to see it for who they are. You know, they're just hiding behind that thing and, yeah. and you know, whatever. Um, Go away, but uh, anything else? I mean, we talked just briefly, real quick, about the box office. Yeah, I uh, Solo's box office. Although, like you know, it didn't have an awesome second weekend. Um, it didn't. I uh, here. Let me just bring up the daily numbers. Uh, it also didn't like like totally suck. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like these aren't these aren't the the greatest. But uh, I think what's really interesting is that, like, there are more people going to see it now. Um, obviously not as big as as opening weekend, uh, but 
still I like it's we're just still it's fine. <laughs> the movie's fine. fine. Yeah. It's yeah. it's doing all right. It's uh 271 million worldwide. So, uh you know, that's the more than the budget of the movie, the reported budget. We don't know the actual budget of the movie, but that's more than the reported right. budget of the movie. So, you know, now they got to make back their marketing costs, but um I don't think that Disney is looking at this and going like, "Oh, you know, we we really screwed up on this one. I think that Disney is, um, based on the comments that they, that Disney execs have been making, I think that they're looking at this and going like, we got to figure out what we did different this time than mm-hmm. last time, than the last three times, and how that may have may or may not have affected this opening. Um, right. Yeah. So I, I like I think that that's all that's that's all it's gonna come out of this is that they're gonna look and they're gonna look we made a great movie, people love it, um, it didn't make a lot of money. Why didn't it make a lot of money? Like let's figure out mm-hmm. where we went wrong in the marketing and and I mean I think that it's a really simple equation. I think that with the last three Star Wars movies you had about you had from April to December to market it, and then with this Star Wars movie you had from April to May to market it. <laughs> And yeah. you, and like they just yeah. they Super. just didn't do what they should have done. They really like Lucasfilm really needs to take a step back and look at Marvel and realize that the best time to start promoting Solo would have been while people were sitting in the theaters for the Last Jedi. Yeah, and they didn't do it, and it was silly. I don't know why they didn't do it. Ah, I don't either. Can yeah. you imagine at, if at um? When they dropped the final trailer for The Last Jedi, they were like, oh, yeah, by the way, here's your first teaser for Solo, right? Like, if they had, like, like, like only announced, like, but, oh, yeah, we're going to, there's going to be a new trailer for, for uh, The Last Jedi and tickets are going to go on sale or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And they dropped that. And then on the heels of that, like, same day, they went, you know, you guys really seem to like Star Wars trailers. Here's another one. They would have broken the internet, right? Like they would have yeah. just destroyed because it would have been like, well, which one's getting more views? But they waited too long and they let the rumor mill and sort of the the <coughs> the negativity around Solo churn for too long, and then they let it get caught up in the Last Jedi. And I don't like they couldn't have predicted that, but. I think that that's a big factor is that any negativity that was happening around solo around the director change and all of that stuff, uh, it got caught in the middle of the negativity around the last Jedi and that, that phenomenon, that negative phenomenon. Um, and, and I think that that ultimately ended up hurting the movie because that those, People that you want talking about it, your evangelists, they were not saying the things that you wanted them to say to the general audience. And uh, although, like you know, like the, like I was really excited about the movie, you were pretty excited about the movie. Um, Tim was super excited about the movie. I think that a lot of Star Wars fans, uh, well-meaning, perfectly fine Star Wars fans, were uh, they were put off by solo and uh you know like what the the, one of my friends one of my best friends who i see all the star wars movies with all the marvel movies with 
I, he didn't come on opening night for solo. He's like, I got to shift that night and you know, like maybe I can move it, but he didn't really care to see it. When we went and saw infinity war, he was like, yeah, whatever. Mm He's like, I'm not looking forward to it. And it's like, yeah, I don't know how he, I don't know if he's even seen it and I don't know how he felt about it if he has, but I don't know. I, there was, there was a lot of, and he's one of the people that didn't really like last Jedi. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's 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 a really weird thing, but I hope that uh, the word of mouth that's getting around now is more positive, and I hope that everybody can kind of come back into the fold and, and yeah. love something about Star Wars for a change together. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's a way to turn this off or go back to the way that it used to be. Because I think about 10 years ago when we started with with front lines, I know there were there were people who were not interested in Clone Wars. Um, we've talked about it. You didn't watch for the first few weeks. It took you a while yeah. before you went like, "Oh wait, this is kind of cool. I'm gonna get into yeah. this." Right? Yeah. It was rookies that got you into it. So, like, that's five episodes in. Like, you know, like I, I, people had opinions <laughs> yeah. um but it wasn't and the internet was around back then but it wasn't this crazy toxic atmosphere and i don't know i just yeah i just don't know if there's any going back to the way that it was yeah, back i don't then, know but yeah, not with the way it is now it seems yeah. like it's getting worse and worse but uh, um yeah. what do you what, let's talk about clone wars let's get into let's do it let's get into Let, this episode all right let's have some fun here we go It's time for the Rebel Cells Clone Wars Special Edition recap. Is it civilized? Uh, that depends on your definition of civilized. I'm enjoying this far too much. All right, here we go with Cloak of Darkness, actually directed by the Dave Filoni and written by Paul Dini. Uh, love this episode. I'll just start off with that. But anyway, ignore your instincts at your own peril. Peril is the uh, fortune cookie. I'll start off, Mike. A Republic frigate carrying Luminara Unduli and Ahsoka Tano lifts off from Modia, soaring toward the Jedi cruiser Tranquility. Aboard the Tranquility, the Jedi march a shackled Newt Gunray down its cold corridors, escorted by Clone Commander Gree and Captain Argus. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Take the next one. And I got some comments here. Sure. Uh, Count Dooku receives a holographic message from Darth Sidious, who worries about Gunray's capture. The spineless Viceroy could spill valuable secrets during interrogation. Dooku assures Sidious that he has already sent his assassin, Asajj Ventress, to free Gunray or permanently silence him. So, uh, yeah, piggybacking, I guess, a little bit off the last week's uh, capture of Newt Gunray Ahsoka and Luminari this time, not not with uh, with Anakin. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's Luminari, which is cool. She, I love her character, too. Uh, so they're escorting um, him back to Coruscant, and he's going to trial. So uh, taking him back to Coruscant, um, Newt tries to... Uh, bribe the clones um with some wealth or whatever but uh you know the clones obviously super loyal not having anything of it at least the clones and and 
it kind of turns out differently to the Senate commandos that which we see. Um, he gets delivered to these Senate commandos to watch over for a while here. But I love the fact here you talked about Count Dooku and this hologram of Sidious. Um, Sidious knows that Gunray. He, he kind of knows this this guy a little bit. You know, he's like he knows he's going to crack under this pressure or any type of interrogation from uh, from the Jedi. So he's like telling Dooku, "Listen, you either go on there." and you rescue him or if that's not going to work well then you just take him out and just silence him either way do what you got to do silence him or or bring him back and you know it's like Sidious he doesn't care either way mm-hmm. uh just just deal with it so i thought that was kind of uh interesting this is a man a violent episode too it's kind of crazy we'll get into it in a minute but uh any thoughts mike on the beginning here and dooku and uh and ahsoka and luminara yeah, I mean, it's cool to see Luminara. Uh, this is one of the great things about the Clone Wars is that we get to see yeah. characters who got very little screen time or like even no lines of dialogue in the films then get to uh, uh, take center stage here in, in the Clone Wars. Um, it's one of my favorite parts about the whole series. Mm-hmm. I, the, obviously, the, the Sidious... And Dooku sending an Asajj Ventress is about as dark side as it gets. <laughs> the whole idea yeah. of like free him or yeah. silence him um, is is great. And uh, and yeah, this is the first episode where Asajj really gets to shine. We saw her yeah. in ambush, and obviously we saw her in the movie as well. And there's some great moments in the movie uh, with her and uh, Obi Wan, but uh, but this is really the first time that we get to see Asajj kind of on her own doing her doing her thing in the mm-hmm. series um and i love it i i like this isn't i don't know if this is a standout episode i think it's a fine episode um it's written by paul dini and paul dini is one of the the brilliant minds behind batman the animated series um yeah. and i think that he does a good job with this episode um the only thing that i don't like about this episode and we'll talk about it later is uh the fate of captain argus um mm. I feel like that was a character that could have stuck around and been really interesting for a while. But, um, but again, you know, just like we said last week and kind of the weeks before, these are the early episodes and Mm -hmm. they were trying to figure out what this show is going to be. And I don't think that they understand, like a lot of these characters end up being in the first season end up being, one-off throwaway characters and then in season two we start to get some elements where it's like well maybe we'll reuse this and then by season three it's like no no this is just a straight up like serial episodic story and we're gonna tell this in order um and you get some characters who start making some return appearances season through season in and season out right um can you imagine if they had done to hondo what they do to captain argius uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, thank God. Thank tragic. God they didn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, they had the foresight to keep Jim Cummings around for as long as possible. And when I say as long as possible, I mean as long as possible because he is sequel <laughs> trilogy era at this point with uh with uh, Black Spire Outpost and Galaxy's Edge. So, um, yeah. No, I. <laughs> I uh, yeah it's it but this is an interesting episode it's a it's fine it's not great it's not bad it's just kind of middle of the road but uh but I but I enjoy it I, it's yeah got, I, I think... it's got some good moments for Ahsoka where we start to oh, see sure. the influence yeah. of Anakin Skywalker but, yeah uh, definitely yeah. 
I think I might have liked it a little more than more than you. And and but but you're right about um, as far as Asajj too. Uh, Nikki Futterman, I believe, doing the voice. And yeah. I always loved the, her interpretation of this, just her gravelly yeah. um, type of uh, almost like a snake a little bit as yeah. far as the way she, her intonation, it, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's funny because anybody who's listened through all of Frontlines uh, will know that my relationship with Asajj Ventress changed a lot from the beginning of the series to the end of the series. I did not like Asajj Ventress from the moment that I saw her in, uh, in, in the Gendy Tartakovsky clone wars, I, mm. I was like this, I don't particularly like this design. I don't like this character. It's just not really doing it for me. It's not like I hated her. I just didn't really like her. Um, mm. and, and initially watching the series, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. She's fine. I liked some of the moments. I liked what she did for Obi-Wan's character. So there yeah. were things that I could appreciate, right? So I was like, okay, right. it's fine. She can be around because then Obi-Wan gets to have these these fun moments where, you know, they kind of like weirdly flirt back and forth. Playful. Flirt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it, that's fun. But yeah. then where her character goes through the Night Sister arc with, uh, with Savage Press and what happens there and then uh, – uh, later on as she sort of starts to come back towards the light and then uh, through the end of the series and then into her novel um, mm-hmm. with Quinlan Voss, I, this character is one of my favorite characters in the series. Mm-hmm. And it is it is interesting to go back to the roots of that character. And Nikki Futterman always did a great job with the performance, one of the standout performances in the series from from day one and i i don't think i ever denied that but um now going back it's it is fun to revisit the character and go okay this is where she started and that's the thing that i love the most about the character of asajj ventress as well as ahsoka and i the, we talked about it a lot towards the end of the series uh the way that their paths were very similar for me didn't like them in the outset and then as the series went on they became mm-hmm. Yeah. two of my favorite characters yeah. in the show. Uh, and th- that's Dave Filoni a hundred percent. And this episode is directed by Dave Filoni and you can tell. Um, yeah. I mean, like, like, I don't know. The more we talk about it, maybe it is a great episode, but I, <laughs> I, 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 I think what it does for me, especially in retrospect is knowing that layer of grievous is coming next week. I, uh, putting those two side by side, it's like, well, Layer of Grievous is a phenomenal episode. Layer of Grievous is one of the best episodes of season one, right? Mm. Uh, and then, you know, Cloak of Darkness, it's good. <laughs> and I think that I'm mostly just bitter that that uh, James Marster's character, Captain Argus, doesn't get yeah. to continue, right? right? But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it, yeah, it's... Uh, and, and as far as Asash, too, and speaking as she's dealing it or dealing with this problem for uh, Duco. It's kind of like a test for her as well. Yeah. So um, I'll keep continuing. In a ray shielded cell, Giant Master Luminara questions Gunray, who claims his innocence. Ahsoka erupts in anger, ignites her lightsaber, and holds it to Gunray's neck. Uh, Gunray scurries into a corner, terrified. Luminara scolds Ahsoka for terrifying their prisoner. Ahsoka sheepishly explains she wasn't serious, but thinks that the coward Gunray will only talk if scared enough. And this thing got me at first because um, I just like I was as I'm watching, I'm going, "Wow, yeah. look at you know." I definitely see the influence of Anakin on this, and she's 
just quick to let's get to this. I want this information now. So obviously seeing Anakin and her, but then you would find out it's kind of a little a twist here. Like she's doing it just to mess with them. It's almost like the good cop, bad cop uh, situation that we've seen in movies before. Um, so I thought that was kind of a cool little play on, on that. And it ultimately, obviously it works, but um, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I here I'll continue. Vulture droids buzz the tranquility. A trio of thorn-shaped boarding ships darts toward the cruiser. Gree orders Green Company to prepare to repel invaders. The spiraling boarding ships spear into Tranquility's ventral spine, their blade-like nose cones sticking through the hangar bay ceilings. The nose cones open and send super battle droids into the hold. Asajj Ventress emerges from one of the boarding vessels and cuts her way into the Tranquility's ventilation systems. So we see these ships again. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. funny because season one, there's a lot of reuse of assets because mm-hmm. um, we talk about this a lot. It, when a show starts up, starts very simple because, you know, like you only have so much time to build so many assets for production. And, uh, and so you reuse them as much as you can. But as a show goes on, now you have these assets. We'll build more assets for this episode, this one, this one, this one, you start reusing stuff, using new stuff. And, um, even star Wars rebels starting not from scratch, but using a lot of the clone Wars assets that they had built. So if you needed something like uh, the Imperial gunships, they were able to really easily bring those models over and just change the textures and stuff like that. So a lot of the ships, a lot of the uh, uh, environments and stuff like that, they're able to reuse. But in season one of clone Wars, you're starting from scratch, brand new animation studio, new assets don't have very much stuff. So we see a lot of the same things over and over and over. Um, it's very simple. And so, uh, these, these, I, um, the, the, what do they call them? I don't even get a name for these things. Um, No, like the, the boarding ships. Um, yeah. yeah, they, they get used a lot in these early few episodes before we get more stuff. Um, yeah, but in season three, we'll see an enhancement to these the idea of these guys with those big uh, octopus type mm-hmm. ships um, yeah. when they invade Camino. But uh, yeah, yeah, and I do think we see a few of these ships in that sequence as well. So it's one of those things where it's like they'll they'll stick around throughout the series, but there's a lot of the same stuff going on. Uh, I think that's why, like, the commandos stand out so much in season one, the commando droids, because they're so unique and they weren't from the movies. They're a completely new design. Right. Um, and, you know, even though, like, oh, here's this cool new thing, they don't get used a lot in season one. Um, mm-hmm. But they they could have been. They could have been used to death, but they don't. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had, them, I had them written down as the same thing. I couldn't, I couldn't hear anything in the, in the TV show, in the episode. So I just kind of wrote down boarding ships. But man, these things, yeah. they are a nasty. Uh, these things punching holes into the hole of the ship. Uh, and then, you know, like you said, dropping out these battle droids. And of course, yeah. Ahsoka is kind of hiding out in there. But man, these things are nasty. Uh, definitely a, a powerful weapon for the uh, uh, for the separatists. So uh, in the engine room, a sim- uh, simple-minded repair droid falls, uh, fails to spot the stealthily assassin Ventress. She affixes explosives on several key spots around the reactors and then escapes unnoticed. In the detention center, Ventress drops into the room from a hole in the ceiling. Ahsoka ignites her uh, lightsaber blade ready to battle Ventress. 
The assassin slips past Ahsoka and runs to Gunray's cell. She deactivates the shields, pulling Gunray out and kicking Ahsoka in. Gunray relishes this reversal and reactivates the shield, locking Ahsoka inside. So we get our first uh, kind of battle here between Ahsoka and Ventress. And I had noted that Ahsoka, uh, especially in this early, I I mean, I know we see it more as the season goes on, but going back and even in these early episodes, I noticed the how much uh, Anakin already is influencing her style, the way she um, obviously the way she fights a little bit, uh, the way she talks uh, as well and her kind of her confidence. She has this. She has this confidence in her abilities already, and that's something that Anakin showed. Uh, we saw him do that in in Attack of the Clones when he's like, "No, I, I got I got Dooku by myself. You know, we'll take him together." No, I got him. You know, and you see him kind of mess up. So she has the same kind of confidence, and uh, yeah. I think she might even be a little uh, a little ahead here because it she does get defeated. Um, so she, I guess she's not exactly at the point where Anakin was, but. She does show a lot of those same characteristics. I, I, you, would you uh, you feel the same way as far as that, Mike? I think it's interesting because, yeah, I do agree. Like, there's a lot of Anakin in her, and she's very impulsive, and she doesn't follow orders. Um, yeah. But, like, this is one of my favorite things about Ahsoka is that she is um, – she's all of the best attributes of Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi in one character. And mm-hmm. like w- by the time that that we see her in Star Wars Rebels, especially, um, it, that that is very true. Like she learned from everyone that she was uh, a Padawan under, uh, and she doesn't just stick with with Anakin, which I think is really interesting. She kind of bounces around between everybody, uh, although she spends the majority of her time with Anakin. Um, we do, we do see that rub off on her that she is, she's thoughtful, like later on in the series, she's much more thoughtful and considerate, but early on when she's young, she's very rash and impulsive. Um, and this is one of those episodes, but where she does do better than Anakin is that she doesn't have as much of the, um, the bravado or the chip on her shoulder that Anakin does. And later in this episode, she actually, uh, quotes um obi-wan in the the scene that you were just referencing uh when she says we'll take him together take her together right yeah and she like they do actually work as a team and i think that that's sort of your first hint at that that she's not all anakin that she is a little bit she's actually a little bit better than anakin so yeah Mm -hmm. definitely yeah good points go ahead mike uh using the force luminara opens ahsoka's cell Ventress now has to deal with two combatants. Ventress seemingly surrenders, lowering her weapons, but she grins as her timed explosives in the engine room detonate. She uses this distraction to flee into an open turbo lift shaft. Um, I'll just, and this is the part where you got three. Um, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll wait. I'm going to continue. Sure. Argus examines the, the status boards. And reports the grim news. Security doors, turbo lifts, communications, and propulsion systems are all haywire. But all is not lost. The commandos are still in possession of Gunray. Uh, Luminara leaves to pursue Ventress, ordering Ahsoka to stay behind uh, with the prisoner. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, and Julia arrives in the smoldering engine room where she is promptly pounced upon by Ventress. 
Asajj cuts through a nearby vent, blasting a jet steam into Andoli's face, momentarily blinding her. Ahsoka rushes in, force-pushing Asajj in the middle of the Assassin's Leap. Ventress goes hurling into the debris as the Padawan runs to Luminara's side. So this is where I wanted to comment, too, about this. Um, now we got a three-way fight going on, Ventress, Luminara, yeah. and Ahsoka. And I tell you what, um, this is why... This is why I think I like this episode a little more than you. I just love, obviously you guys know, I love when we get force, lightsaber, Jedi, you know, dark side, you know, Sith type action going on in this fight. I tell you what, super cool fight between these three. And that's kind of the thing that I, that I kind of miss. At least I missed it in, in the last Jedi and seeing it here. uh, I mean, I know we got the throne room. But just the, just 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 flat out, it's not anything groundbreaking as far as story. You know, it's just some great, great action, and it's stuff that I, you know, it's, you don't see in regular movies. This is what drove me to Star Wars as a young kid. It's seeing these lightsabers, seeing the Force. You know, it's not just guns where you see guns in every other Hollywood movie's got guns in it. And it's not not a big deal anymore. Um, but this was so. This is what was so much different about Star Wars, and 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 grabbed me as. I guess I wasn't, you know, George said it was for 12-year-olds, and I was I was a little too young, at least when Star Wars and Empire came out. But when Jedi came out, I was old enough to really appreciate the action and and just loving the stuff. And this is what drove me in this episode. I just love yeah. seeing these. Two. And not only just the fighting. I'm not just saying, oh, just, you know, jumping around. They were doing some crazy acrobatics for stuff. But also they threw in some banter in there, and, and that's what I love – and that's why I think, as for me, the greatest lightsaber fight is Vader and and, and Luke on um, on in Cloud City, uh, mm-hmm. because not only did it traverse like this one did, it kind of traversed sep- different areas. Uh, the fight was slow in the beginning; it sped up a little bit. Um, you had force use with Vader, uh, you know, as he get, blows Luke out and smashes the window. And not only that, but you had the banter between the two, the verbal match that was going on. Not only physical, but verbal match going on. Um, so then that kind of had that here. So that's another reason that I kind of was drawn to this episode more was uh, was seeing that. And so um, that's why I just anytime lightsabers are lit, I was like, woo, you know, it just brings me back to a kid. I love that stuff. So I think that's totally. probably why I kind of maybe – would rate it a little higher than you would. Uh, Cause I kind of just love this kind of stuff. I love seeing all this action play out. So uh, I just wanted to mention that as far as this, the fight between those three good stuff for me. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, is it me? Is it me? Th- oh no, I'm sorry. It's me. Yeah, it's Ventress. You. Ventress, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Got to pay attention to my uh, colors here. Ventress leaps into the upper levels with the Jedi in hot pursuit. She deactivates a signal on her wrist gauntlet. Captain Argus receives a signal on his gauntlet. He spins around and blasts his fellow commandos. Argus opens Gunray's cell and holds the Viceroy hostage in front of him, knowing that Commander Gree will not kill the valuable Senate, the Separatist prisoner. Argus is a traitor. He's being paid a fortune by Count Dooku to deliver Gunray. So here's the switch in this episode, the little turnaround. Um, and, and you know what? I saw this. I've seen this episode before, for, before but I totally forgot. And so he even had me kind of surprised a little bit in this episode i totally forgot that argus was uh oh really was a traitor in this yeah i just for some reason i don't know why i forgot but i just you mentioning um the guy um uh who played argus uh, james marsters james marsters i totally forgot about that too. Yeah. I was like you know, spike so like, from buffy 
and Angel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, and Brainiac on uh, Brainiac on Smallville, right. and uh, he's uh, he's one of the parents in uh, the Runaways. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I love, he's one of my favorite yeah. actors out there. So I'm yeah, not going to forget him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love the I love the portrayal of Argus, and, and I think you're absolutely right. It would have been really cool to see him. Yeah, kind of spread throughout the series, but uh, we'll find out what happens to him in a second. <laughs> yeah, uh, Argus <laughs> signals Ventress in the engine room. Her mission accomplished. Ventress activates several leftover explosives to cover her escape leaving Ahsoka perilously dangling over a battered catwalk to be saved by Luminara. Argus and Gunray and Ventress escape the tranquility in a Republic frigate. Captain Argus gloats about his success, cockily mentioning to Asajj that he'll ensure her contributions to the rescue efforts will be noted in his report to Count Dooku. Ventress suddenly drives her lightsaber into Argus's back, killing him wow i mean like i said it's a very violent episode and this thing pulled no punches i mean you saw the yeah. lightsaber go right through that <laughs> armor it's like yeah. oh here we go yeah it was a uh, it was a uh, yeah pretty shocking little uh, ending to argus I and mean, kind of sad too but uh, uh go ahead Mike. yeah I, in the bridges war room ahsoka and luminara confer holographically with yoda and anakin skywalker yoda is troubled by the treachery of captain argus Luminara reminds her fellow Jedi that Gunray fled in a Republic ship, which can be tracked. Master Kit Fisto's fleet was near the Viceroy's last known position. Fisto is tracking the signal, determined to recapture the Separatist leader. Mm. So there we go. I, the thing that I really love about this episode is that it actually like sets up the next episode. Yeah, and there's not a lot in these early seasons that do that because they were um, meant to be out of order. Uh, but these are two that like, yeah, they're the, the actually the last couple, right? Cause, um, Bombad Jedi leads into this one, which leads into, right. So it's right. like, like, again, they were really, they were toying with these ideas. It's like, okay, we got the three-parter malevolence trilogy. Uh, we have the three-parter Ryloth. We have a couple of two-parters throughout. Um, but this is one where it's like, is it a three-parter? It kind of is. I mean, like there's kind definitely of, yeah, a through yeah. line. But the next episode, it's like, although the events of this episode lead to the next episode, it doesn't necessarily wrap up this story, right? So, yeah, yeah it's it, it's it's interesting to see them play with that format and try and figure out what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I like the way they, they kind of reference uh, Yoda being troubled by what's going on. And it, and it kind of, you know, reminds me of in episode three where uh, he senses all the bad stuff going on, but I, maybe, maybe right here is where he's starting to think, man, you know, maybe things are not as great as I think they are where they, where they, well, I guess at this point they're not that they're good, good, but hmm. you know, maybe there's just that thing going on, like, uh, something I, maybe I need to pay attention more of, of, of things. And maybe that helped him out in episode three to realize what was going on at the order 66. But, uh, I kind of like that, but yeah, this is the episode that, uh, like I said, I, I I really loved. I had a great time with this one. Love the action in this thing, and one of the one of the standouts so far in this in this early season that we're going through. This is one of be on the top at this point, but uh, we got a long way to go. So, uh, tons of good stuff coming up. In totally. The season. Yeah. Next week, what do we got going on? Uh, next week we've got like I mentioned earlier, layer of Grievous, General Grievous must prove himself worthy of the Separatists. When Count Dooku leads Jedi Master Kit Fisto and his former Padawan, the Mon Calamari Jedi, Nadar Veb, 
to yeah. Grievous's villainous enclave. So we get a new character, Nadar Veb. Um, we get Kit Fisto in all his glory. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is a good episode. This is this is a really fun one, and we get some really cool backstory for General Grievous. And this is one of the episodes in this series that plays with format, um, and it goes a little bit suspense horror ish. Um, yes. And it does a really good job of it. And it's it's a really, really fun episode. I'm really excited to watch this one again. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. No. That's next week's episode. But, uh, you know, we're all done for this yeah. week. Obviously, I just want to mention again, uh, we didn't have any mail this week, but you guys email us, uh, rebelspodcast at gmail.com, or tweet at us uh, and use the, the hashtag uh, CloneWarsSE. And because uh, we do check, we are reading that stuff. So, um, but I, uh, I yeah, that's it for this week. I uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for for putting up with my earlier uh, diatribe and rant. Um, but uh, you know, like we do, just really want the best for the community and for for Star Wars fan. I just really want things to just go back to the positive uh, mm-hmm. uh, atmosphere that we had around. Uh, the Clone Wars and and uh, even when Star Wars Rebels started, it was still fine. So um, let's just work really hard as a community to to make sure that that is what we're known for and that this negativity isn't what everybody talks about. Um, cool. If you want to stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars animation news, you can do that by heading to Rebels. Sorry, rebelcells.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rebelspodcast, as well as on Twitter at rebelspodcast. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at uh, arkwolf, A R K W U L F. And Matt is at the crankster, that is crankster with a K. Um, and uh, you guys know we're a part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network. Like, I don't know, maybe Star Wars The Saga continues. Lots of solo coverage going on over there. So go give them a listen. Um, and if you want to support us, you can do that in one of two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com, pick up some merch. Get a t-shirt, get a mug, get whatever you want. Uh, there's all sorts of great stuff there. And the second is by heading to Patreon, patreon.com slash thunderquack. And uh, I subscribing over there. You pledge a monthly amount, um, and that gets you access to some cool perks and exclusives like the exclusive thunderquack podcast at five dollars you can get access to the uh the the mp3 of our spoiler cast from youtube um yeah there's all sorts of really cool stuff over at patreon exclusive stuff um early access to a regularly scheduled stuff like that um for our patreon supporters we appreciate everybody over there who does support us you guys are awesome and uh that's it for this week Uh, Thanks for listening. We will catch you guys next week for Layer of Grievous. 